This is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is Joy and Claire. A weekly podcast talk show about the things that bring us together. Make us happy. Make us whole. Make us human. Hey guys, this is Joy. This is Joy and Claire. This is Joy with a hoarse voice. I was waiting to record this intro thinking that my voice would improve and it has not yet, but um, you know, it's like Phoebe from Friends when she has the sexy phlegm, except I don't know how sexy I sound. Uh, In any event, this interview was recorded last week before I lost my voice completely. So you'll just kind of get a little bit of weirdness from my voice, but um, the interview is wonderful. We were approached by Scouts Agency, which we've talked about before, one of our favorite agencies who really promote women on podcasts. Of course, we are all about amplifying female voices. This is Vanessa Rosetto. She's the co-founder of Kalina Health, and she has a really personalized approach to nutrition. Uh, Science is her first love. She is interested in really helping clients take an active role in their health. With the help of her expertise, they really just get a personalized lifestyle plan backed by evidence-based science-driven nutrition counseling and building a better relationship with food. She received her MS in marketing at NYU and completed her dietetic internship at Mount Sinai Hospital, where she worked as a senior dietitian for five years. She's really fun to talk to, as you'll hear in this interview. She's got such a wonderful personality. I feel like we could be really good friends if we lived on the same coast. I think you'll really connect with her and just the realistic approach that she takes with uh, diet nutrition. You know, we're always advocates for taking care of your health, but also doing it doing it in a way that doesn't slide down that slippery slope of diet culture. So without further ado, here's Vanessa Rosetto. We hope you guys are having a wonderful holiday. Thank you, sure. Vanessa, for joining the show and joining the podcast. You know, Claire and I have been doing this for a long time. We have been like in and out of all the diets. And just a disclaimer, sorry guys for my voice. I'm still getting over this cold. So I apologize in advance for any cracking or any like weirdness that's going on. We're just going to have to go with it. Over the years, we've been through, we've been through it all. Just a little background on us, Vanessa, like we've done macro counting. We've done like fitness and nutrition challenges when we probably shouldn't have because neither of us are trained in that. So that was like 10 years ago when everyone was doing it. And then we became friends with a lot of nutritionists and dietitians. And then they're like, yeah, stop doing that. You're let's like, you're not in your lane. <laughs> and so we know better now, but it's just funny to see like the evolution. And so here we are, you know, we're at the end of a year. What are the things that we can do now to prepare ourselves for 2022? Because I know a lot of people like get ready for the new year. What are the things that you feel are important as like we're going into the new year to get your mindset around how not to fall into the diet trap. Yeah. I mean, like just because it's January doesn't mean you have to like go on some crazy food regimen or exercise regimen or whatever. If you feel like you want to do some better things for yourself, for your health and January 1st, because it's a new year, it seems like a good like launching pad for you or something like cool, but it doesn't like have to coincide with like, it's 2022. So I'm going to like give up alcohol for 30 days. Like, I mean, if you're drinking a bottle of wine every day, it's probably not the best thing. And you should just want to slow that down. Or if you're eating like, you know, if you've been eating like fast food every day for the last two months and no exercise and no water and like running on empty, like this might be a good time for you to just like do like a little mental inventory and like check yourself, but you don't have to like go balls to the walls because that never works. What happens is like, you know, you start, you go to the gym every single day 
day, for, like the first 31 days, and you like stop drinking alcohol and you eat like a salad every day, and then you feel really great. And then you're like, great, it's February 1st, and you take like bottles of champagne to the head. So it like kind of doesn't work. Um, I- yeah, it's kind of like that all or nothing mentality, which yeah. we get into a lot too. And that's something I continue to want to talk about is how we can get away from the idea that it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Like we can do little tiny changes. And that also doesn't mean that we're like succumbing to diet culture. Because that's another thing that I personally have a problem wrapping my head around. Like how do we do things that are like just objectively healthier and that's okay. But it doesn't mean we're like succumbing to the, like now we're full fledged into the diet culture. Yeah, I think that like, I think this is like an American thing. Like you're either to the left or you're to the right. Right. You got to pick a camp. Yeah. And if you're in the middle, then there's something wrong with you. And you're just like, I mean, I maybe I just like practice good sense, right? So like, I'm sorry, but if you are five foot three and 500 pounds, even if your lipid profile looks great, your joints are probably not doing well. So if you come to somebody and you say you'd like to lose weight, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. We are trained professionals. I am your dietitian. I don't subscribe to diet culture. I'm not going to give you an eating disorder. I'm not going to tell you to restrict your calories. On the contrary, every time somebody comes to me, they're like, it's so weird. You're telling me to eat food. I'm like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. And then they do it and they're like, I ate the food (laughs) and then I lost the weight. I'm like, I know. And then the other day somebody said to me, I feel like I need to tell everybody how you ordered the way that I eat. And that has, is very freeing for me. Everybody is different and everybody has different goals. Maybe, you know, like your goal is that you want to lose weight and you need some guardrails around that. Okay, fine. But maybe somebody else's goal is that they over obsess with food and count, you know, not counting calories, but right. Even tracking their food will call will give a trigger. So like, okay, then we have to approach you entirely different. Like, so it's not wrong. Like, just like if you want to be an intuitive eater, like, cool. I, I can tell you when all the intuitive eating people are on their soapbox telling you how this is the right way. Let's just remember that they don't tell you all the rest of the studies. Every Every study, I've read 60 of them now, tells you it's a good starting point. But after that, people need a plan. So, so right. It's a they plan. need a plan. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a one size fits all approach either. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Personalized medicine exists for a reason. And so does personalized nutrition. What is your goal? And let's help you achieve that goal. That's it. Yeah. So what is your personal philosophy as a registered dietitian, after all of these years of experience, what is your approach? Well, I listen to the patient first. So I don't have any agenda. I if if you want to do keto, I'm going to give you all the science as to what it is. And then if you do keto versus just like a varied diet and et cetera, whatever. But if you still want to do keto, I, I mean, all right, we can do it. In the end, you're going to just be like, this is not sustainable. And, and I give you that disclaimer. But my job as a practitioner is to help you navigate around all of this bullshit. And maybe for some people, they they want to do lots of different things because they want to feel like they didn't leave something on the table. They want to feel like they tried it out. They want to feel like they're very informed for the decisions that they're making for their body. I will always tell someone a keto diet, is that's just diet culture, like sexed up. But if you want to try it, fine. But why don't we just try this way? If Why do you want to restrict? Why does restriction 
feel like you're doing something. Cause I feel like as a, as a population of people, women, especially you have to suffer as like your badge. It's like, I'm exhausted. I'm not yeah, eating anything. Totally. I'm wiring yeah. my mouth shut. That means I'm better. I'm doing all the work. And it's right. like, really? It's like, seems really that like seems, not good. Cause like, like you making it harder for yourself. Correct. And then you're going to like be on your deathbed and be like, shit, those 10 years that I spent doing X, Y, and Z was such a waste. So, but like, really, what are your goals and how can I help you achieve your goals? I also always tell people like, you've been doing it your way. By the time someone comes to me, they've exhausted all the diets. That's the one thing I will say. Like when they come to see a registered dietitian, it's like, all right, y'all, I have done all the books. I've done all the fads. I've done all this stuff. It's not working. So I'm coming to you for you to help me. Okay. And then what will happen is I help them and they're having success and it feels really uncomfortable because there's no gimmick. I've had patients be like, so what do you give me? And I'm like, just go away with the one thing I told you to do today. Drink water. Go do that. (laughs) See you in a week. But people (laughs) like want this like quick fix or like think that you have like this secret answer. Yeah. It's going to like make them lose 20 pounds magically. Yeah. Right. But when they do lose weight, like I have this one guy who's done like every diet. He's lost now like 12 pounds in like five weeks. He's like, this is feeling really great. And the other day he's like, should I be counting macros? I'm like, why he's like i don't know i i used to count macros before and i'm like well you came to me because that didn't work you're not counting macros now right and you feel fine right yeah i just feel like it's really weird like i'm in control people just like need that control it's so interesting and so like what about clients or patients that come to you and they're like i want to lose an x amount number of weight but maybe they don't need to lose do you ever like have that conversation around just making a realistic expectation for themselves? Yes, 100%. So when someone comes in, no matter what they weigh, right? Like maybe they think they want to lose 10 pounds. Maybe they think they want to lose 100 pounds. I always just say, why don't we just change some of the behaviors and get your eating just in a better pattern? And then we'll see where we go. We'll see where we end up. We'll see where you feel good. I had one patient who... She is single and she lives alone and COVID really did a number on her, right? Because she's very social. She travels a lot with her friends. She goes and visits her friends often. And now she was stuck in her house and she had gained weight to a number she didn't like. Maybe she was like, I think she was like 217 or 218. And she's like, I just don't like that number. Before COVID, that wasn't the case. I was like in the 190s and that's where I felt good. I just want to go back there. That's totally fine. She was stuck in her house. She was like eating her feelings and she was, she was unhappy. Okay, great. So, you know, we ordered her patterns. The world was opening back up. She was moving her body more, eating more vegetables, eating more timed meals because she had been doing intermittent fasting and it just wasn't working for her. And then she went down to like 190 and she was like, I feel so great. I'm so happy. This is great. I was like, okay, great. She's like, I want to lose more. And I was like, well, you're postmenopausal. You've already done so much. You would probably not be able to go out with your friends and have your cocktails three times a week. Like, so is that what you want to do? And she was like, oh, no. I was like, great. So we're good here. You told me you felt great. Why do you have to keep going? And she was like, I guess I didn't think about it that way. Now, you yeah. mentioned postmenopausal. <laughs> I'm like, I'm in my mid 40s. Mm-hmm. And I, I have friends that are older, too. And they talk a lot about how does diet or how do hormones play into all of this? Are there things that we should be doing as middle-aged women to take control of our health, kind of like going through that phase? Yeah, it's so interesting that like nobody cares about the perimenopausal or postmenopausal woman. They just don't. Like prenatal, postnatal. I mean, they don't even care about you when you 
are pregnant or after you give birth. They care about the baby. Like you're just a variable. Right. (laughs) Like whatever I've experienced this firsthand, but like this perimenopause world where I have all these women coming to me being like, I haven't changed anything, but like I gained 10 pounds and nothing is different. And I'm like, right, this is menopause. And what I'm about to say I'm not suggesting that anybody do this, but I just have a very frank conversation. When you're postmenopausal, sure. listen, the fat is stored in a different way. You don't burn calories as efficiently. Like you, you've got to pay to play. You want to be a size five, six, four, whatever, when you are 65 years old. Well, guess what? You're not going to drink wine every single day. You're not going to have the sweets all the time. Your carb count is going to be lower. You're going to have to move more. Like that's just real talk. You're like, if and you want that, fine. If you, like here's fine. what needs to happen. Right. And the thing is, is that everybody is affected much differently. So I'm not saying that everyone's going to gain this 10 pounds or I mean, everybody is different and we all know this, but these are things to pay attention of. I always see people like drinking like every night they drink every night and you're like, this is not a good habit to get into. You're going to have a hard time as you age. But I also like flip side, I feel like 80 year olds being like, I need to lose 20 pounds. And I'm like, guys, like, come on, you've lived a great life. Like, are you really want to focus on that? in like the last maybe hopefully 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. I said to one woman the other day, I was like, do you have elevated lipids? She's like, no. I was like, are you pre-diabetic? She's like, no. I was like, well, you just want to lose weight because she's like, I just want to lose 10 to 20 pounds. And I was like, okay, but you're 80. So like, what, how are we going to do it? I mean, we could try, I guess, but like, you're fine. Everything's you know fine. what I live your it, life. It makes me think about like, even in our twenties and thirties or whatever, like how we look at other bodies and we're like, I want that body. And maybe we think like, you know, now I'm 44. I want my body when I was 20. At what point do we just have to be like, we can't fight our biology, right? Like stop trying to fight our biology, because what ultimately happens is when you start fighting your biology, it like pushes back. And it's like, what kind of maybe causes other problems? Like, is that a thing? Yes, like also like mental health. I just feel like I feel like when I'm 80, I just want to be like a grandma who just like eats like crumb cakes and drinks champagne and wears oh, red lipstick ha- and it's like it's having super- so much fun. Yeah. yeah, and it's like super fresh. Like, oh, this is my grandma. She's super fresh. Like yeah. she just says whatever. Like not like, oh, do I look fat in these pants? It no, seems like a waste. Just like bacon and- cinnamon rolls every day. Yeah. yeah. But, but I just think like you're exactly right. Like we're nobody is ever happy with what they have. And like appreciate, like your body does a lot of work. It gets you from place to place. Yeah. Some people give birth. Some people run marathons, triathlons. Like you do all this good work with your body and you're over here like shitting on it. Like guys, just it's okay. And and listen, I get it. You want to feel better about yourself. You're, you know that you're not operating in the best way and you want to do more for yourself. I'm on board for that. I just think, yeah, you know, when the, when the girl calls you and she's like, I want to lose four pounds and you're like, okay, <laughs> okay, okay. That's when I refer you out. I have to refer you out because that's, that is a problem because even if, even if you are, you know, for all intents and purposes, overweight in people's eyes, this hyper focus on a four, on four pounds is problematic. So you need to talk to somebody about that. Right. That's not. I'm not, you're not going to be happy with four pounds anyway. So like, this is right. something else. You're like, I can't help you with this because uh-huh. there's more going on here. So what are some things that everyone can do to just take like an, the realistic approach to nutrition? What are oh, like yeah. the basic things that like we can all do to better our health? There's nothing wrong with bettering our health. Totally. Like yeah. guys, drink water. You heard it here first. Everybody needs to drink water. And don't tell me that you drink 
like two, like 12 ounces of Poland spring. That is, that's not enough. Wait, what is you, that? You know, like the, the little eight ounce bottle. The little bottles. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my gosh, come on. Like get, I get these like huge water bottles that are like 60 ounces. They have straws and I fill them up twice a day and everybody's home. So like, don't tell me that you, it's hard for the bathroom. Your toilet is behind you. Like enough, drink water. Everybody drink water. Don't tell me you don't like it. It's cold. It's wet. It's hydrating. Do it. That's number one. Drink okay. water. Okay. Also, can you all eat one piece of fruit at least a day? There must be some fruit that you like. Please eat one. Also, in that same vein, can you please eat a vegetable at lunch and dinner? Again, there is a vegetable that you like. My son Rocco doesn't eat anything. He eats vegetables. So if he eats vegetables, you all can eat vegetables too. So find the one that you like. What we like to do with the children is we go buy fresh celery, bell peppers, carrots. We chop them up. We keep them in a container, you know, on a Sunday in water all week. So they're crunchy and fresh. Take a handful and put them on your plate. You don't have to roast broccoli and Brussels sprouts. Just something quick. Do that. Also, you need to sleep. You need to sleep. You need to prioritize sleep. It is not cute to be on your cell phone at two o'clock in the morning because then you're going to be crazy. You're going to make bad decisions the next day and you're not going to eat the way that you want to. And this is just not good for longevity or your brain. Please. Also, limit your alcohol. I do not know why everybody is so crazy about cocktails all the time. And I'm not anti-drinking at all. But like, guys, the everyday... It's kind of gotten out of hand. Out of hand. It, yeah. it is. It's really out of hand. Like, Pete, everything is around alcohol. And, and people are like, oh, you're not drinking? And I'm like, well, I mean, like, it's Tuesday. Like, I don't know. I'm like, it's noon. I mean, no judgment, but like, I've never been the person even that can like have a mimosa because I'm just like mentally, I'm like, this feels weird, but no judgment if you do that, like on occasion. But I just feel like the culture right now is like mimosas and then we get happy hour and then we day drink. And then I'm like, all right, guys, can we just pull it back just a little bit? Right. Like, can we do other things? It's funny. It was my birthday three weeks ago and I just invited a bunch of friends to a soul cycle class and then we had lunch and then everybody went home at two o'clock. I mean, I am old now, so there's that. But it was like, fine. I was like watching television and in bed by 1030. Like, I didn't need to be drinking all night. Like, and, and it's not that you can't have a drink, but it disrupts your sleep. You make poor eating habits, you poor, poor eating choices. Like it's just this like crazy cycle and you never get out of it. And so, right. like, you're dehydrated, you're hydrated. It's like, stop. Everybody yeah. stop. Th- right. Those are my, those are my tips. And like for the holidays and people are like, I gained 15 pounds over the holidays. Well, I'll tell you why. First of all, you don't need to go out to every event that people invite you to. You just don't. You could stay home. <laughs> it's not, like, I don't have to go out. We're, we're still in a pandemic, too. Like, <laughs> that's her thing. But, like, you know, my husband has a holiday party. Why do I need to go? I don't care. I don't even know these people. Goodbye. See you later. I don't need to do that. You don't need to eat every cookie that comes into your house. You don't need to go out to every single dinner. Like, you can say no. And also, it's not because, like, oh, you're going to overindulge. It's like, save your peace. Save your space. You don't have to be running and going all the time. All of those things, like if you just slow down and take care of yourself and not try to have to like be everything to everyone, you're going to do better. Yeah. Like, and how much stress affects the body. So much. It's huge. And you mentioned something too around like over the holidays and everyone kind of wanting to go to all these parties. It made me also think about like emotional eating and how people kind of get caught up in the holidays and then they binge or they overeat 
like truly overeat, like meaning that they have that like uncomfortable feeling. So what are your thoughts around like how people can approach the overeating that they may be doing and how they can reel it back or just like not have that guilt associated with it? Yeah, I think the first thing is that because people tend to be going to events in the evening, they don't eat all day. And so then they go somewhere and they overdo it. And then and then they come home and they continue to eat. But you weren't even fueled properly to begin with. And now everything is out of whack. So if you have like obviously a true binge eating disorder, you're not we have to take care of other things first. But like if you're just somebody who tends to overeat and not pay attention and you know there are there's a little bit of this emotional component, like do yourself a favor, eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner or breakfast, lunch, and a snack, and then go to the event and, you know, have your meal and, and call it a day. And I'm not saying that it's going to be a perfect evening, whatever that means, but you're going to do better if there's food in your stomach, 1000%. Then also you have to really like pay attention to what you're doing. Do you get sad and drink? Do you get sad and overeat? Do you get sad and eat desserts? Like, do you get sad and not eat? Like, I'm not one of those people. I, I eat at all times. I eat even when I'm sick. Like, it's just like, like all my, like, my life revolves around my meals. <laughs> no judgment to any time. I welcome food at all times yes, of my life. Yeah. All times, all times. And, and so you have that's the thing. Looking in the mirror is really hard. Having somebody, also having somebody show you the mirror is really hard. So you have to really explore some of these things. So when people are like super adverse to writing down their food, I would never tell anyone to track in perpetuity, but we track in the beginning so that we can understand our habits, right? If it's on paper and we see it, then perhaps we can understand have a little insight to what, how we behave, why we behave the way we do, and then attempt to do better. But people who are like, I hate tracking. Oh, yeah. They don't the antici- see it. Yeah, they don't want to see it, the anticipation of that. And I tracked macros way back when it was like, I don't know, a thing. I'm not even going to tell you what happened. It was really bad <laughs> for me. Um, yeah. But thank God I lived and learned and moved on. I, I had Graves disease last year. I was diagnosed oh. with Graves disease last year. Mm-hmm. I, I have successfully, I don't know, reversed it. My, I saw a naturopath um, instead of going through like traditional medicine, yeah. just because yeah. I didn't want to have like my thyroid removed, whatever, yeah. whatever. Anyway, I remember she asked me that same thing where she's like, I just need to know what your food looks like just so we can, just so I can see like where the holes are. And I remember even just having a reaction like, no, I don't want to. And I was like, why don't I want to? And I think it's almost like reading someone's diary too, where like food choices are such a personal thing, but we don't have to be ashamed of that. It's kind of silly how we like make it such a big deal, or at least some of us do. But we also like don't want to, we don't want to face it because food is so emotional. That's right. That's right. Everybody has a relationship with food. Like where did you grow up? food insecure? Does your mother have an eating disorder? Did your parents use food to bribe you? Like everyone's relationship with, with food is complex and everyone has to eat. So this is tough stuff to work with, but yeah, like tracking the food is no, no place of judgment. Like, people, people will be like, I don't, I just don't want you to judge me. I'm like, I, I'm not judging you. Yeah. This, like this is my job. Yep. I, I don't, I don't, I literally don't care what you write down. I want to just know so I can help you. That's it. Because yeah, yeah. you're over here telling me X, Y, and Z, and those things make you unhappy or those things make you sick. And yeah. we need to get a hold on how we yeah. can fix that. No, that's super important. It's like you're reassuring people. Like, my job is not to judge here. This is yeah. a safe space. We are just 
I'm right. just trying to help. This is a part of my job. Yeah. So the emotional piece, I can see that. The emotional eating, kind of going back to that where you're saying like just taking a look. Nobody likes to have the mirror held up to them. The other piece that I heard you talk about on another podcast that I really liked because I'm like, oh, this is again with like social media and trying to marry the idea of I want to be body positive, but I also want to look good. And sometimes yeah. I feel like we get, at least I'll just speak for myself, I get confused with like wanting to look good versus like, oh, am I succumbing to diet culture again? And I liked what you said in a recent interview where you were like, it's okay to want to look good as long. And I feel like the, the, like the further point of that is like, as long as we're not beating ourselves up every day to try to look good type of thing, you know, talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. But I mean, like, here's the thing, what does look good mean to you versus what look good, what looks good means to me, like two totally different things. It's okay. If I want to look a certain way, it's okay. If I pay attention to my food, because if my if I pay attention to my food and I eat in a certain way and my weight is this way, I feel that I look my best and that I don't have to be thinking about food and the scale and all of this stuff. So like that's fine because my mental health is not suffering and it's not I'm not being terrorized by thinking about this all the time. And also, I don't look at people walking down the street and think they look whatever. I literally, no, first of all, nobody thinks that way. Nobody, nobody thinks about anybody but themselves because we're all closeted oh, narcissists. Oh, like, totally. Right? I say this like, so, all the time to my yeah, clients. I'm like, yeah, no, one, no one's thinking about you. It's fine. Nobody's, nobody's thinking about you. So everybody <laughs> calm down. So it's okay if you want to look good. And it's okay if you feel that if you gain 10 pounds during COVID and you don't think you look good and you know that it's because you were sitting around drinking and eating and not moving your body and you just know that you, you know, you're 160 today, but you feel really good at 150, then go ahead and do the work and lose the weight because that's what makes you happy. And like when all of these influencers out there are like, you need to explore why you want to lose weight because I don't want to fucking be 160 pounds because I don't like it because my clothes don't fit. That's why. And I got to 160 pounds by being a dick and just eating and drinking my way through COVID. Like there's a thing, there's no psychological craziness here. No. Like super pragmatic. Right, (laughs) right. It's just like, we're just doing the math here. And for each person, there's just like that, that black and white thinking that we fall into again, where it's like, okay, so on an individual level, I want to maybe weigh a certain amount because I know that like my body sits well there versus like just the example that I went through was like when I macro counted, I lost way too much weight. And I was like, the people who put me on these macro plans were not qualified to do so. And it's like, that was an issue in and of itself. So it's like, then I got confused because I was like, oh, wait, so does my body want to sit there? Have I just been like overeating my whole life? And then turns out no, because my body like quickly rebounded and was like, help us. (laughs) We're back, we're back, we're back. No, you know, it's funny. I went to the doctor the other day and I got my labs drawn. And so I definitely during COVID took it as an opportunity to be like, I'm just going to like snack a little bit more and not move as much. And be okay. And I'm just going to wear like leggings and it's going to be fine. And, but then I'm like, you know, this is, and it's like, uh, nobody notices, but you, right? Like only you are like, I could really be doing something different. Well, guess what? I went to the doctor and my blood, I have high blood pressure. Like I have high blood pressure. I am not a big person. It's like stress, but also like I could be doing things to help myself. And also I have elevated liver values, which may or may not correlate with my weight at this moment in time. And it's like, my husband's like, oh my God, this is crazy. Like you eat so well and you exercise. I'm like, I know, but I've been sort of like dancing around here. 
see what I can get away with. And now it's time to buckle in. <laughs> like, so I, I don't like this because I don't want these labs to, to keep going up. My cholesterol right. is high. Right. Like, like I was fucking around. So I have to do something about that. <laughs> yeah. You're like, objectively, these are the things that I didn't like and I wanted to do something about it. And right. that's just, I like that for listeners to hear because you really have to make that decision for yourself of what works for you and your own personal health and wellness and labs. Now you mentioned influencers too. And I wanted to ask you a question about this of like, see a lot of influencers pushing products. Maybe they don't have the credentials to be giving nutrition advice, but we came from a CrossFit world where we were really like heavy into CrossFit when we first started podcasting. Now we'll see, and it's not just CrossFit. It's a lot of fitfluencers that will be pushing like nutrition programs. And what do people need to know, like as a consumer of like what to be careful for when they're like entering into something like that? Yeah, it's so funny, because I actually got on a call today with a a big brand that has many brands underneath them. And they were asking to work with me, and how they could work with me and how do I work? And, And I was like, well, the thing that's really interesting is that I actually I'll work with the same brand multiple times, but I won't work with every single brand that comes in because it's really about authenticity and integrity and like, does it align with, with it? I never want anybody to come back to me and be like, you pers- you gave me some fiber powder that made me like end up in the hospital, right? <laughs> like, I don't want any of that. So like, you know, like recently I did something with like hood cottage cheese because it's like high protein and I made my kids these high protein muffins and and they were, it was really great. Like, like ideas, right? Like this is just like whole fresh food. Right. And like, that's aligned. Or I just did one with, um, with like a, a chip company, like Stacy's pita chip, pita thins. And it's like, look, you can entertain with these and you could, you know, pair them as a snack. And so, and that's, that's okay. Right. If somebody is telling you like, this is a product, this is a food product that is good. It's a registered dietitian or a doctor and that's fine. But when it's like, you know, you gotta be careful, supplement meal program, pay this money for this. Like that's when it gets like really dicey. So like you have to think about it, like food brands are using influencers because they want to get more street cred. And they, and they know with like an influencer, like myself, like someone who is a, um, a professional who does have a following that that helps them in a different way. But if you're just like, like one time somebody was like, can you push our pills for weight loss? I was like, no. <laughs> it's amazing how many emails we still get after all these years when I'm like, people will email us and they'll be like, we love your show. You know, I'd love to be on your show. Here's what, and it's so, it's all like how to lose 10 pounds in a week. Ugh. Like BS, <laughs> you can tell, like you spot it from a mile away diet culture. Yeah. And I always, I, I never write back because like, I don't want to waste my time. But I always like resist the urge to write back and be like, so what do you like about our show? Because I guarantee right. you they haven't listened to one episode. Um, right. And also, if they had, they would know that there's no way in hell we would have them on our show to talk about how to lose weight in 10 pounds, like in 10 yeah. pounds in a week or whatever. So it's interesting, but it, it is really interesting. And yeah, to your point, when they're like, can you push this, pro- this pill? It's like, you're like, do you know, did you, do you follow me? Do you know who I am? Like, it's just kind of weird. Like, <laughs> no, yeah, no. If you no, would have read okay. one post on our feed, you would know that this is not your audience. But you know, what else is so mind blowing is that 
there are really people out there. People ask me all the time, like, do you think that this pill will work for me to lose weight? I'm like, no, there's always a, yeah. we would all take it. There's Everyone always an audience it. for it. Yes. Like you're like, then the, this would be a world of people who are all happy with their weight because they would be taking this pill. Yeah, I mean, this is why the diet culture is still around because people it's like Vegas, like one more yeah, I don't know, one more shot at winning the billion dollars. And so people will still buy into it because they think there's that one thing that's eventually gonna happen to make everybody yeah. lose all this, per- you know, they're gonna have the quote unquote, perfect bodies. It's it's so there's always gonna be an audience. So crazy. And so what I always say to that is like, we'll be here when you're ready to like, come back to reality come back and say, hey, actually, I just want to be a happy person and yeah. not have diets consume my life. Right. I was, I was looking at my kids the other day and I was thinking like, damn, they're so fucking lucky because, and I was lucky too, because my mother, we didn't have a scale in our house growing up. My parents didn't talk about weight. They just like, we just ate food. So I don't know. I didn't, I, I mean, the, the bad thing was that I didn't know anything about foods when I got to college and I, I went to college in the Bronx. It was just like fast food everywhere. And that's a whole other episode. But um, I gained 50 pounds. But then after college, I moved back home and I lost all that weight just by eating my mother's food. I actually didn't make like some attempt to lose weight. It was the year 2000. Like my influencers were found on the cover of Cosmopolitan magazine. Yeah, totally. but, like, but like, I, I don't know. I just lost the weight because I went back to eating that food. And that was the end of that. And it's the same thing here. Like my kids just eat food. Like my kids are just annoyed by me because I'm like, please eat a vegetable and please eat a piece of fruit. But like they, they're still like a candy jar that, you know, they forget about. And then I, then I go to throw the candy out and they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, it's, it's about to be Christmas. And I guarantee you're going to get another three and a half gallon bags of candy. So everybody just relax with that. I'll have to throw out come April when Easter rolls around. Take it easy. Yeah. Cause it's expired. You know what? We're fine. Exactly. Exactly. So like they're just lucky because they don't, they just see food and they eat it and they eat what they like. And you know, the guardrail is that I want my kids to eat vegetables and try new foods because I don't want them to be adults never having it, you know, eaten a piece of fish, but otherwise like, I don't know, just, just eat. And and so I hope that they will never fall victim to this like diet culture, like buy this yeah. pill, do this right. plan. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I think back to the days and like I was in college, mm, late nineties. Oh my gosh. And yeah, I just remember <laughs> such good days. So good. And, Easy. And yes. And you like, I'm so happy. I didn't grow up with social media. I'm just so grateful for that. Yes. But I'll never forget like when friends came on the scene, it was all about the stars of friends being like rail thin. And then like Jennifer Aniston mentioned she did the zone diet and that just like blew yeah. up. Yes, those zone bars. Oh my God, you're bringing it back, girl. I mean, it was like, that was the world. And I remember like I got the book and I didn't do it because I... When I was in college, I was like, this is a lot of work. I don't want to do it. But I just remember like thinking back to where you don't, whenever, I mean, you don't know what you don't know, but I would just drink gallons of coffee and take ripped fuel was the name of, do you remember that stuff? Yeah, that's so funny. Wait, and then what was the other one? I was like Jesse Spano trying to like stay awake and I'm, you know, singing I'm so excited and then like crying on the floor. Like, it's so funny how you think back to like, oh, my poor body. And then you live and learn and you try to be better, but you just can't like keep it. Eventually your body's going to be like cry uncle and be like, we're done. Yeah. We're We're tired. Luckily, when you're younger, 
you can rebound. But as you get yep. older, your body's not going to yep. be so forgiving. I mean, we talk about that all the time. We're like, remember we used to go out till three o'clock in the morning and then we would go to the gym at 5 a.m. and then do it all over again. I'm like, that sounds oh. like I would need a month to recover. Oh from my that. gosh. My best friend and I in grad school, we always talk about how we would go out and like binge drink, get drunk and whatever. And the next morning we'd wake up at like six and go run 10 yeah. miles. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I have like maybe one glass of wine these days and I'm like, oh man, I need a nap. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like- I, I, it's like stroke inducing. Could you imagine? I would have palpitations if I like drank until four o'clock in the morning and went running at six and, and would oh, be able to complete it. Oh my gosh. No. Yeah. So it's like, okay, let's take care of our bodies, especially coming yeah. into the new year. What are some things too that we can eat whatever we want, but we also, you know, it's that whole taking intuitive eating. And we've had a ton of like intuitive eating conversations with people who've been trained by Evelyn AAA. And I really like that principle. I think it's like definitely one way to do things. But I also think there's people who need structure. So it's again, not black and white. Every person is different. But what are your suggestions for how people can like start to get into a lane of like actually really learning what intuitive eating means, first of all, because I hate when influencers are like, I'm just intuitive eating. Well, like, do you understand what that means? Exactly. Um, but really also just like a balanced diet. Like, can we just go towards that too? Yeah. Yeah. Like people eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like that's like the first thing, right? You know, all these people that you talk, I mean, I talk to them they're like, uh, so I don't feel comfortable eating before 3 PM. And you're like, okay. And they're like, and then at night, I don't know why, but I eat like a bag of chips, a pint of ice cream, cookies. I'm like, oh, and then I have to explain to them like, well, during the day, your day is structured, right? And so you can focus on your work. When you come home, that's when your state, your safe space where you can relax. So that's when that happens. Help yourself eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, literally eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I don't even care what it is. Just eat the three meals and then yeah. see what happens. Yeah. And then if you think you need a snack between lunch and dinner, which most people do, because if you eat lunch at 12 and you don't eat dinner till seven, you probably need to eat something in between just for like, you know, good sense and to right. help you stay awake. So have something like throw in that piece of fruit that I said you should all eat. So have a piece of fruit there. Not not a big deal. Right. And then then once you get into the habit of that and understanding like, oh, I'm actually hungry at this time. And when I eat when I eat cereal for breakfast, I I need a snack at 10. But I if I eat an egg and a piece of toast and an avocado, I'm okay till lunchtime. And then, but definitely after lunch, whatever I, whatever lunch I have around four o'clock, I need a snack. Like that's how you understand your body and become intuitive. It's not fucking rocket science. It's not no, some magical it's, principle. It's right. Like, it's like, it's like really list, but I think a lot of people truly don't understand how to listen to their body. And that's probably the extreme extreme because they've just years and years and years of like we let our mind take over instead of like listening to those hunger cues yeah um the shoulds the shouldn'ts whatever how do you feel about intermittent fasting well I, the thing is is like it, the intermittent fasting studies that we've done the, they've all been done on like older white males so if you don't fit that bill you probably should not do that although i have used intermittent fasting actually for my shift workers, so people that work while everyone is sleeping, that it works for them. Actually, I helped the guy lose 60 pounds that way because of the way that his life operated. So oh, that, yeah. was, that, that worked. Sense. That made sense for him. But like everybody else, like I'm not against it per se, but like if you are not eating till two o'clock in the afternoon and you are seeing that you are overeating in the evening, then don't intermittent fast. 
it's not working for you. Right. It's not, and like, ma- it's not magic. It's not and magic. also like, why are you doing it in the first place? Is right. it because You're- you read some diet article? Like, why are you doing it in the first place? Probably it's because they read some stupid diet article. Like also the studies say that intermittent fasting and eating like a varied diet with some parameters, you would lose the same amount of weight, which is like the average is like 6.6 pounds. So just change the way that you eat. Just, just like eat, eat just yeah. eat regular food. Just but honest to God, food. eat timed meals. So intuitive eating doesn't believe in, in timing your meals. Whereas eating competence, which is the precursor of intuitive eating written by somebody named Ellen Satter believes in timing the meals just for like better intuition is what she says. So, and, and I subscribe to that, but yeah, also it's, like it's like my co-host Claire, she's very much that person that needs timing because she forgets to eat. Yeah. And so, exactly. there, I mean, that's where it goes back to like, there's not a lot of black and white think. There shouldn't be black and white thinking because everyone is different. And if Claire was here, she'd be like, yeah, I have no issue with eating. I just forget to eat. I need to have right. a timed meal. Yeah. Right. And so, but that once you time your meals and you, and you start to re- realize like what's working for you, what helps you feel fueled? What do you eat that doesn't sustain you, that has you picking all over the place and maybe overeating. And once you pay attention to that, and maybe somebody might need to write it down because maybe you'll forget, then you can up your game and you can make better, more informed decisions about your body and how food affects your body. This is all just data so that we can help ourselves. All right. I have a couple questions from our listeners and then we can kind of wrap up. Someone wanted to know how to improve or is it important to have a micronutrient intake? Do you need to track that? No, girl. This is America. If you are eating food, we remember when we tried to put vitamins in Coca-Cola. Oh my God. Yes. I was like, guys, the phosphoric acid in the soda is going to cancel out the minerals and try to charge people all kinds of money for that. You good. Don't worry. I know that the soil isn't as nutrient rich. Right. All of those, all of those, all of those little articles. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yes. We know all of that, but like eat a varied diet, maybe take a multi eat vegetables. If you eat a lot of vegetables in your life, like daily, you should be okay with the micronutrients. Don't make yourself crazy. Okay. Great. Whew. And I, I don't want to make your head explode on this one, but I have a feeling you might. I've heard about the bean protocol. Any thoughts on it? What, what is the bean protocol? Well, apparently there's a bean protocol. It's like you basically just like add beans to, to every single meal, meal and it's supposed to like be a magical Maybe. cure for some things. I don't know. I mean, Most- because it's gonna, it makes you really full and then it makes you have diarrhea. Is Maybe. That, is that what? Oh God! But it's it's maybe like more of a fatty thing, fad, f a d, fad thing, where it's yeah. like, are we? Go- I mean, that's kind of what I take it as. I've seen it like here and there on influencer with influencers on Instagram, of course. Oh yeah, and it's uh, here. I, I yeah. see it. It's like it'll heal you from infertility, inflammation, digestive issues, yeah. diabetes, autoimmune diseases. Like yeah, cool. If that was true, then we would all be on the bean diet. Nothing <laughs> wrong with beans. Beans are really good for you. Beans have vitamins, beans have minerals, beans have fiber. So it's great. But also if your gut doesn't really do well with beans, then you're probably, it's probably not so good for you. Like, yeah. right, that's this soluble fiber is the gel that moves the stool out. If we're having too many beans, you're going to have literal massive diarrhea. So I wouldn't be adding copious amounts of beans to every single thing that I eat. Yeah, just be careful. Yeah, just be, yeah, care- be careful. Drink water. Pro- proceed with caution. Mm-hmm. Um, and last question is how important are 
vitamin supplements. Like I will go to Whole Foods or Vitamin Cottage or whatever health food store. And I feel like there's a new aisle every single time I go there. And I'm just like, do I need all of this stuff? And so like, what what do people like actually need? And should they be talking to their dietitian or their doctor before they take stuff? Yeah, 100%. Talk to your dietitian, talk to your doctor before you take stuff. We dietitians have access to like medical grade supplements where we know where they come from. So we can, you know, send you a script for legit formulation. So there's that. Listen, everyone should take vitamin D. If I mean, especially if you don't live in the sunny areas, like we're in New York. So it's dark now. I take 10,000 IUs of vitamin D. Um, also, my skin is darker. So it's harder for me to synthesize um, vitamin D from the sun. So 10,000 in the winter, 5,000 in the in the summer. Uh, and I also take a probiotic. But remember, like probiotics, you can't just take any probiotic. What is going on? Do you have any symptoms in your stomach, in your gut? Like take the probiotic to minimize whatever gut symptoms you have. Don't just take whichever one. So there's that. And then maybe like a multi. After that, everybody relax. Do you, like people are like, I take biotin for my skin and hair. My nails are um, really brittle and my hair is thinning. I'm like, you have to take 10,000 micrograms of biotin a day for that to work. If it works, they're like, oh, like B vitamins, when you have too much of them, you pee them out. Like, so don't get on this like craze of vitamins, like ashwagandha. I'm like, it doesn't, I don't know what it does, but it does. It's, I know what it says it's supposed to do, but I don't know that it like actually does it. Maybe right. Like placebo. Right. But, but vitamin D, calcium, if you're a woman, that's that's helpful. Yeah, you're, you guys are good. Take a B complex and keep it moving. Okay. And then move on with our lives. What about, yeah. I guess this is my question, like what about collagen? Because I see all these collagen products apparently that we need. <laughs> so um, it collagen is great, right? As you get older, you lose the natural collagen, right? And so you could like, my skin is lower. It used, like I look at my daughter and her cheeks are like so high up and I'm like, your cheeks. And she's oh, like, mom. You're like, I used <laughs> to have those. Yeah. yeah like, so like, puppy. so for the longest time, we thought that if we ingested collagen, it wasn't going to help to repair or make new collagen, but that's not true. Actually, to eating collagen or ingesting collagen will help you to make new collagen and to keep up the collagen that you have. But you could just like add collagen to your smoothie. And remember, like collagen is like not so stable because it's already broken down. So when, when people are like, I put it in my coffee, I'm like, well, you just de- like denatured the protein. So it's not as stable when you're drinking it. So just like add a add a tablespoon of like vital proteins into your smoothie and keep it going. But you don't need like collagen in every place. Like it's not not necessary. Okay, perfect. This has been so helpful. Thank you so Good. much, Vanessa. This is like the perfect episode for right between Christmas. Yeah, it's like gonna be the week of Christmas, but then we'll have New Year's Eve. And everyone's going to be wanting to jump on this diet. And we're going to refer everybody to this episode to be like, hey, live your life. life. We're all going to be fine. Eat food, time your meals, drink water. Drink Drink water. water. All right. Well, where can listeners find you, Vanessa? Uh, They can find me at Vanessa Rosetto RD and also www.kalinahealth.com. And do you want to talk a little bit more um, about Kalina Health? Kalina's, it's really cool. Um, We are a nutrition telehealth platform. We give one-on-one nutrition counseling. Uh, We take insurance. So 91% of our patients exercise their insurance benefits. So we're making health and wellness accessible to everyone. And we actually just uh, raised $3 million to scale 
our business and develop a tech stack and compete in the digital health space, which is very cool. That's so cool. Congratulations. Thank you. It'll be the first time that registered dietitians are doing it. And that's really important because, you know, you've got like other platforms that aren't really helping people as Mm -hmm. they should. Um, And so, and so we'll, we'll still always do the one-on-one telehealth, but we'll use the tech to make it more efficient. So we'll never take the personalization out of it and still give people a chance to be healthy. And it's not about, for us, it's not about weight loss. It's about like clinical nutrition, whatever that means, like mental, physical, whatever that is, the wellness space, like whatever you want to lose weight, we can help you do that. But like 122 million people have diabetes, right? Like there's, there there are people who have 40% of people have disordered eating. Like we can help you with that. Like, so that's, that's really what we're aiming to do. Just make people better. That's a a very integrated approach, which is totally needed. I mean, as you know, there's so much more that goes into just some how someone eats and i'm sure you see patients where people are like they really have stuff going on with their mental health and they have to get that true and so that sounds amazing so i can't i'll post everything in our show notes so people can uh, find you but thank you so much for your time this has been really informative and if you'd be so kind to come back sometime we would love to have you yes i would love to come back and i hope you feel better thank you hopefully i'll have like my normal voice i sound like i'm on a sexy television show or something because i'm just it's like good. whispering i'm like at this point i'm like whispering into the microphone but i thank- love it yeah they you remember did you ever watch friends when phoebe has her sexy phlegm yeah yes that's kind of yes. how i feel where she's like i lost my sexy phlegm oh my no, god I, I, th- I think you and i are like like secret soul sisters i watch friends every night before i go to bed i every night (laughs) i um i wish i could turn the camera around because i have an entire lego set of the friends cast yeah anyway i did that when i had graves disease i had to take some medical leave and my husband was like we're getting you legos because you can't like do anything and i was like i need to do something and it's like the whole set of friends and it's so cute anyway yeah 90s all the way way. the best time the best time that was where we thrived i feel (sighs) Well, thank you again. I really appreciate your time. And uh, listeners, you can find us at joyandclaire.com. And you can find us on Instagram, joyandclaire underscore. We'll see you next week. Thank you, guys. Bye.